season's going to end on a double doink. 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 Live in the entertainment capital of the world. That's what you want to know? It's the T.C. Martin Show. Yeah, I had an idea. Diagnosis. I had an idea and then, uh... Prognosis. Yeah, I take the serious. Osmosis. Why, it's funny? It wasn't, it wasn't funny. I wasn't laughing about it. Yeah. It's not funny. It's not funny. Nothing's funny. Don't you ever talk about me. Yeah, I had an idea. That's the result you won't get. It's the doctor, T.C. Martin. I don't go out there and laugh. laugh. The doctor is now in. Oh, yes, it is a Tuesday afternoon, and you know what that means. It is your favorite day of the week. It's Terrible Tuesday. Do I have enough voice to yell, scream, and berate athletes and people that are in trouble? Do I? No. Yeah. Yeah, but we have the show goes on. show goes on on a Terrible Tuesday, as we will know. You'll just be talking like this the rest of the day. Could be happening. At least I have one, one day before the game, so... A lot of hot tea and honey can get me going. Glad to have you with us. So, yes, the Aces get ready for the playoffs. Number one seed. Take on the eighth seed of Chicago Sky tomorrow night. Back at T-Mobile Arena after having 17,406 there on Sunday. What a scene, man. Electricity galore. And uh, how will that be matched coming up tomorrow night for game number one? And again, uh, Aces displaced out of the Michelob Ultra Arena to the Toyota Convention. Ah, I like me some Toyota. I like me some Toyota. I thought you said toilet for a second there. Toyota. Toyota. (laughs) (laughs) So game number one of the playoffs will be back at T-Mobile Arena tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, with the tip-off there. Game two Sunday back at the house at the Michelob Ultra Arena inside the Mandalay Bay. You hear from Asia Wilson today. Uh, talk to her regarding the playoffs. And you know, it's a terrible Tuesday. I think I should start with this as we're talking about the Aces. So the MVP award is coming out, right? The AP, the Associated Press, always releases their selection first before the WNBA does. Now, usually it's the finals is when they announce that. But WNBA is moving everything up. Well, today, and I don't know if it's been officially announced yet. I think it has been officially announced. The Associated Press, the AP, announced today that Brianna Stewart is their most valuable player. Asia Wilson is the defensive player of the year. But I hope that the WNBA does not fall into this because there's a big difference between the AP and the WNBA. All right, that's the Associated Press. There's some severe East Coast bias there. And as we've talked with Becky Hammond, as we've talked with Nikki Vargas, and you've heard me say it, no, it's not being homers. It's just the fact, the facts, that what Asia Wilson has done on both ends of the court in 200 fewer minutes than Brianna Stewart. <laughs> and her numbers, her percentages, her efficiency rating, I'm not going to say it's not even close, but there's a discrepancy there. And there's no doubt that Asia Wilson should be the MVP. So that is a travesty that the Associated Press comes out, and I really love to talk to to those people 
that voted for that with the AP. And how much basketball do they really watch? How much WNBA basketball are they watching? And who's covering this? Because that the AP is known for, for being East Coast bias. But there's no way. If you're going from game one to game 40 of this WNBA season, that Brianna Stewart is the most valuable player over Asia Wilson. There's no way. There's no shot. Forget it. What she means to the team, what she's doing offensively, what she's doing defensively, and the fewer amount of minutes that Asia Wilson is doing all this. So, some crazy stuff. Obviously, uh, the breaking news uh, today, and it goes back to last night. Monday Night Football, Jets and the Bills. Aaron Rodgers suffered a torn Achilles that is now official. Aaron Rodgers out for the season. It's pretty much what we expected after watching that last night. So you're watching the Bills and the Jets. A lot of hype going into that game last night. From a betting perspective, a lot of good two-way action. Line going back and forth from two and a half to two to two and a half. And close at two and a half in favor of the Bills. Some late money came in on the Bills. And you're four plays into the game. And Aaron Rodgers goes down on a, on a sack. He tried to stand up and did stand up, took a step, and then went back down. And at that point in time, that's an Achilles. You could just see it. Now, the sack did not really look that bad. And... I'm not going to go play the jinx model that a lot of people are are playing here. Hey, it's a MetLife Stadium jinx or the Meadowlands jinx. I can't even call it uh, MetLife Stadium because it just drives me nuts. You know, the sponsored element. But that's the Meadowlands. Okay. We know the nightmares, stories that we've heard of the Meadowlands. Anybody who's been to the Meadowlands, not a pretty place. I mean, they dress it up real nice. Don't get me wrong. And they spent a lot of money on that stadium, but just the location, everything, and the things that have happened in that stadium, not a lot of good has happened in that stadium. Not a lot of championships won in that stadium. You go back to the Giants' nightmares and the Jets' nightmares, and here it is on back-to-back nights. You've got the Giants and the Cowboys playing the night before on Sunday Night Football, right? They dress it all up with red, white, and blue. And what happens? The Giants get nil. Zip. Nothing. Zero. And get humiliated and embarrassed, like we talked about on the show yesterday, by the Dallas Cowboys. 40 to nil. 24 hours later, okay, crew's working all night, all day, tearing down the red, white, and blue, and putting up the green and white. Looks nice and everything, right? But it's the Jets. It is the Jets. And then the Jets celebrating with everyone. I don't know if I like to use the word celebrating because 9-11 is nothing that you should really celebrate. But 9-11 is a remembrance. You know, you're not celebrating that. So if people are saying about, you know, I mean, you're celebrating, you know, Christmas and, you know, other holidays of reverence. You're celebrating the 4th of July or Veterans Day. You're not really celebrating 9-11. That's a dark day in our history. But... I guess you could celebrate the resiliency and what transpired with New York City, you know, coming back from that. Okay, fine. 
But Aaron Rodgers carries out the American flag out in the field, all right, to lead the Jets onto the field. All right, pretty cool moment, all right? And we've seen others that uh, have, have done that in, in that stadium, you know, commemorating 9-11. And then four snaps into the season, four snaps on his fourth snap, he drops back to pass, he gets sacked, and he goes down with a torn Achilles. We knew that it was wet. We knew that it was pouring rain for basically the better part of the last 48 hours. We talked about it on the show yesterday that the, the Jets personnel say, hey, don't, don't come early. All right. Uh, we don't got room for you. You know, don't tailgate in the parking lot. Find some cover. Weather's not good. Then it cleared up a little bit during the course of the night. But there's, Theories out there, and, and I'll, I'll go with this. It's the turf. It is that turf. And the way that he planted his foot and went down, again, that's not grass. It's artificial turf. It's wet. And you can see seams out there. We get a lot of injuries on this artificial surface. And we've seen the companies that make this, they've really tried more and more each year to make it as real as grass as they possibly can. But there's still not a lot of give and take on that. I feel bad for Aaron Rodgers. I do. I feel bad that he suffered this injury. Anybody. Anybody who's ever been through a torn Achilles, it's one of the worst injuries to have. It's one of the worst injuries to come back from. It is one of the toughest things to rehab from. I'm telling you firsthand experience, man. It is it's treacherous. Now a lot of people are going to talk about he's 39 years old and it's, you know, he's probably going to be done a an Achilles at 39 or Achilles at 29. It's it's brutal. Any age, it's brutal. So I feel bad for him. I feel bad for the Jets. I feel bad for the Jets fans because they really had a lot of high hopes going into the season. And you saw the hard knock stories and all that stuff with HBO. Their defense is rock solid, and they proved that last night. They forced Josh Allen into four turnovers, three interceptions, and one fumble. And Zach Wilson didn't come in and was heroic or really or anything to lead that team to the victory last night. It was the defense that kept the game where it was, kept it close, kept it tied, had a three-point lead, and the Bills get a doinkomatic field goal that hits the left upright, bounces in to send the game into overtime. Bills win the coin flip and can't move the ball, can't, can't garnish a first down. And then you got the punt, and you have a... 65-yard punt return for a touchdown um, by the rookie. And how cool was that? A guy that barely made the team as a backup wide receiver. And to see that was pretty cool, especially if you did watch Hard Knocks. To see Xavier Gibson, who came in with a lot of hype. He was a he was kind of a, a crowd favorite, a fan favorite on the TV show. 
and he was a locker room favorite. So for him to go back and return the, the, the punt, that was great. Unless you're one of those guys that had the Buffalo Bills last night. And then you're not feeling really good the way that went down. But anyway, back to the Rodgers injury. Um, had the MRI today. Suffered torn Achilles. And uh, he is out for the season. Zach Wilson came in relief. Was not great. But the Jets did rally to win. And I talked to some people that were at the game last night at MetLife Stadium. And they said it was the most eerie feeling that they had. It was like, wow, when you see him go down like that, you're not thinking it's much. And then when he came back and went and sat down on the turf, they said, wow, this this is serious. Then he went in the tent. And then you knew it was bad when they brought the cart out and it was set up parallel to the tent. He comes out of the backside of the tent and immediately goes right on the cart. Wheeled off, boot, done. And you see the pictures later about you know him going into the locker room for for testing. Um, sad, whether you like Aaron Rodgers or not, of course, talked a lot about Aaron Rodgers over the years. You just don't like to see this type of injury. And now the talk will all turn to two different directions. One is, from a Jets perspective, what are they going to do? Are they going to... Now, not make the playoffs. They got the win last night, so they're one and zero. That's a good sign. They beat Buffalo, divisional game that was huge. So they they got a victory. I mean, it could have went the other way. Zero and one again, losing tiebreakers. But hey, you won on your home field. But you lose your quarterback, who you paid a lot of money for, a guy that you were banking on, and really to not only just rally the team, but to rally the city of New York because looks like the Giants. I've got nothing to play for. And the Jets could be better than the Giants. But now you lose your quarterback, and now you're relegated back to the guy that you said bye-bye to, or willing to say bye-bye to, so you could get Aaron Rodgers. Zach Wilson was a number two overall pick. And now you're going to go with him. But now, so there's that speculation. What are the Jets going to do? There are available quarterbacks that you could sign. Carson Wentz comes to mind, all right? Matt Ryan comes to mind. Guys that may want to come and play for the Jets. You got to be careful if you're going to sign up for the Jets. Like I said, if you buy into the whole curse theory or the jinx theory or something like that. But very, very uh, bad night last night for the Jets. Very bad night for Aaron Rodgers. So that's one direction that you know we're talking about today. The other direction you're talking about is, will Aaron Rodgers come back and play football again? So, a lot of people are saying he's 39 years old. It's going to be a tough rehab for him. Is he going to have the desire to go through the rehab? He has the desire to play. Even though he needed to take his time, he needed to go in hiding, he needed to go into a dark place, you know, Need to go through all that stuff to make up his mind whether he wanted to come back and play, A, for the Packers, B, for somebody else, then look at the Jets and decide, okay, yep, I'm going to do this. So there's a lot of pride involved because the Packers didn't want him anymore. All right? Same thing with Brett Favre went through with the Packers. Ted Thompson didn't want him anymore. So Rodgers was jettisoned by the Packers. 
Woody Johnson says, we'll pay you the money. Let's get you here. And we saw good and bad during training camp. We saw the Rodgers temper tantrums, you know, getting upset with his O-line, getting upset with his receivers. Oh, it was all there. It was in front of everyone to see. And then last night, when he goes back to pass, and he gets sacked, and the first thing that's popped into my mind, everything that I was saying the last couple of weeks, oh, here, there's that offensive line. There it is. Then he goes down with the injury, so then the narrative changes. But will he come back? If I had to guess or be a betting man, I would say yes, because he's prideful, does have an ego, as we all know. Some of us know firsthand about the ego. Does he want to come? Does he want to go out like that? Probably not, but it's going to be a grueling rehab. He's not going to go out on a 75 second season at all. There's no way he's coming back. And the thing is, you know, it's, it's a two part game. Somebody has to want you when you're 40 years old. And I'm sure the Jets would want him back. And there are probably other teams that would want him back as well. Um, it's, it is a grueling rehab, man. It, it, it is. And then like deep down inside, once you're away from football for an entire year, and then you go back and you say, hmm, you know, when I got to training camp, I looked at our roster and I said, man, I like our wide receivers. I like our defense. But that offensive line was pretty much what I thought it was going to be. He didn't last a series with that offensive line. Now, no one's saying this today, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. Does this happen? If he's back in Green Bay, does this happen for another team? Probably not. Why? Because the offensive line, I'm going to use a pun here, and it's going to be a bad taste, but pun intended, that is the Achilles heel of that team. I mean, I nailed it, right? Spot on. It is, though. And again, not saying after the fact. You've heard me say it how often. I'm not betting the Jets because of that offensive line. What happened? They were swarming on him. And they sacked him. Yes, he went down awkward. Foot maybe stuck in the turf. If you go back and you look at the replays. Awkward, unfortunate. But that's how these injuries happen. But if he wasn't under pressure, there'd be no sack. Right? I don't know. (sighs) I don't know. And here's the thing. I didn't hear anybody. I watched this game at the Superbook last night. I was at the Superbook, enjoying it. Love the ambience there. Uh, and nobody, even if for Bills fans, nobody was cheering, which is good because we've seen that before. If these things happen like in visiting team stadiums, which it didn't last night, but we've seen crowds cheer when a guy gets hurt or injured, especially someone who's controversial, someone maybe they don't like. Um, but that wasn't the case, thank goodness. But there were some fans that were happy about this. And I'm not saying they have a lot of class, right? But there were some Packer fans last night that kind of were happy about this. We go to some sound from a Wisconsin bar last night. 
We're just going to keep going. Another condition is Aaron Rodgers must start the game, but the rules say nothing about him having to finish it. So there's a loud roar when Rodgers leaves the game hurt in the first quarter. The fans say it's nothing personal. I mean, I'm not necessarily opposed to Rodgers, but uh, tonight I'm thinking with my wallet instead. Still, some say they'll be flying high regardless of the outcome because after Sunday's game, they're in love. I think we can work around that, especially after Jordan Love's performance yesterday. I'm not too down in the dumps after that, so. Enjoy. And the mood has changed considerably. That is because the Jets just won the game on a long touchdown in overtime. You could take a look. This is the reaction from a bar where people are realizing the bar tabs, they've been racking up all night, thinking, certainly with Rogers hurt, the bar was going to be paying that tab. It is setting in. They are going to have to go to the bar and pay that tab. That's where we're at. This offer is going to be in effect for the for another 12 games this season. As long as the Jets and Packers are not playing at the same time, this Jets lose, you win promotion is in effect. Tonight, Bill and Natalie, the house won. <laughs> well, you roll the dice, you take your chances. I mean, there's always the possibility. Yeah. AJ, AJ, do these, yeah, some, do these fans yeah. kind of deserve it for cheering for a Packers Hall of Famer and a Super Bowl champion and four-time MVP to get injured? I don't think that they were cheering for the injury bill as much as they were cheering for their odds of having a free night of booze on the house. They weren't going to have to pay for it. It was the thought, at least, when Rodgers got hurt. I have a feeling that come tomorrow morning, a lot of these folks are going to wake up unhappy about the bar type they had to pay and unhappy that some of them showed up on video clapping and waving at the screen when a Packers legend got hurt. And maybe how much they decided to drink when they thought the bar tab was uh, on the house. AJ, thank you very much. Uh, a wild ride from start to finish. All right, that is Channel 58 in Milwaukee, all right? And uh, that was, uh, they were live last night on the air where a bar in in Wisconsin, right outside of Milwaukee, was offering free drinks if the Jets lost. Okay. Now, this was a promotion that was basically there because Aaron Rodgers left the Packers to go play for the Jets. So this bar says, we are going to offer free drinks if the Jets lose. Now, this is a promotion they're doing basically every week, every game they're doing this. So when Rodgers got hurt, the crowd is cheering, all right? And again, two parts, I'm telling you, because those Packer fans, a lot of them don't care for Aaron Rodgers, all right? And then they were also cheering because, hey, this is going to help our bat. I had the Buffalo Bills last night, full disclosure. I thought, hey, this is great. And then Buffalo got out to a lead. I mean, you got Josh Allen now going against Zach Wilson. Are you kidding me? That's a no-brainer, right? No-brainer. Bills are winning. And then that mess happens where Josh Allen has four turnovers, three interceptions, and one fumble. So then when the Jets came back to win, on the punt return, the 65-yard Xavier Gibson touchdown run, the crowd just went, wait a minute. We're running up the tab here. We're getting hammered. We've got to go to our pockets now. Pay that man his money. Wow. How about that? If you are in that bar and you are ordering up drinks 
And you're probably being a little conservative when you first get there, right? Of Thinking, course. Okay, well, it's Rodgers. You know, the game's virtually kind of a pick going to be a good game. It's going to be a good game like that. And then all of a sudden, there goes Rodgers. He's not coming back. Here comes Zach Wilson. Bingo. And how about when the Bills took the 7 to nothing lead? Yeah. All right? He's like, ah, more. Let's go. Uh, give me a triple. I, I, I'm buying my whole table around. Oh, yeah. And I'm not th- buying anything. And then <laughs> think about the swing of emotions here. Then the Jets come back and take the lead. And then Buffalo hits the long game-tying field goal at the end of regulation. Now they're drinking again. They're going, okay, oh, who's going to win the coin flip? Oh, Buffalo wins the coin flip because we know anyway, 80% of the time the team wins the coin flip, wins the game, right? More drinks, more drinks. Let's order it up. Then they can't move the ball. Three and out. Here comes the punt to Gibson. And then they're going, damn, we got to pay a boatload of money now. Whoever that bar owner is. I want to know what, what that total was. Over, that, that would have been great. Okay. Call Jack's American Pub for me, okay? Let's get him on the phone. Jack's American Pub. They're located outside of Milwaukee. Jack's American Pub. What a promotion that they did with that, huh? And it's, and it's garnishing national attention right now. And I'm telling you, those people in Wisconsin, man, tell you firsthand, they, 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 they can get creative. They can get really creative with some stuff. And they, uh, they, they, they did last night. And in the end, they probably could have lost thousands and thousands of dollars on that game and probably thought that they were going to be. And then what happens? Well, it turns where they make the money. Jack's American Pub. Let's see what Jack's got to say. Jack's American Pub. Hey, uh, how you doing? This is uh, T.C. Martin calling from Las Vegas, uh, formerly of Green Bay, Wisconsin. And uh, we're, we're on the radio right now. And I want to congratulate you guys and commend you on that promotion that you guys ran last night. Yes, it Turned out it worked in our favor. It did. Now, were you working uh, last night? I was. Okay, let me ask you first. What's your name? Marcella. Marcella. Okay, so tell me what, first of all, how many people did, did you have in the bar last night? I would say we had around 250 <laughs> people. 250. Now, Marcella, were you guys like running specials last night? I mean, was there like some, some, some cheap beers or cheap well drinks or anything? No, we weren't running any uh, drink specials. The drink special just kind of applied to the Jets promotion. So if the Jets lose, you win. So we pay your bar tab. So, Marcella. So they got really excited there in the first 10 minutes when Aaron Rodgers went down, which was very unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they started getting a little, so I was eating a lot of drinks right around that first 10 minutes. And then during the third quarter, they got pretty nervous right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what was the the emotions like? We saw some video of that, but then, like you know, once Rogers was gone, and here comes Zach Wilson, and and then Buffalo scored. I mean, w- w- were people like like ordering doubles or triples? Were there, uh, it was. We did a lot of uh, we yes during that time. It was beers, shots, beers, <laughs> shots. Each person is allowed a drink and a shot at a time. Oh, so there was no. Can I get 300 shots for the bar? You know, type deal. I don't even think we have 300 shot glasses. So, 
how how cool was that to be part of last night? It was really cool. The emotions were high, and the energy was there, and people were obviously rooting for the Bills, but we did have a lot of Jets fans in here that, because I feel like as a state, we do want to see Aaron Rodgers doing well. It was sad to see him get hurt, and we wish him a speedy recovery, but the emotions were high, and then they were low, and they were high again when Bills got that, uh, sorry, blanking on words. Tuesday. Yeah, I understand. And of course, you have a long night. Now, Marcella, well, let me ask you. Now, normally you wear Packers gear on, on Sundays, on game days, right? For Packers, don't you? Yes, we do. Right. Okay. So what were you wearing last night? Well, my Jets gear did not get here in time. So I was wearing my Aaron Rodgers t-shirt. You were. Okay. All right. But we did, as a, as a bar, we all ordered our Jets gear so that we can rep them for future games to come. All right, so Jack's American Pub. Uh, I'm willing to give Jack's all the publicity uh, in the world today. Now, now, who's Jack? Is Jack there? Is Jack the active no, owner? No, uh, Scott Schaefer is the owner of Jack's American Pub, and Jack is actually his brother, who the bar is named after. Well, I think we should we should change the name to Scott's, don't you think? <laughs> Right, this was his idea. I don't think he knew what it, I don't think he knew it was going to get this much traction. But he did something. Is Scott there? Can we talk to him? He he is not. But that's okay. We got Marcella. That that's just as good. <laughs> I, I I guarantee you you probably look a lot better than Scott. <laughs> Thank you. I, if my voice says that to you. It does. Now, let me ask you this. Do you know what the the trans like the the transaction of, of the money during this promotion was. I mean, how much money did you guys make in the bar last night? And what did what would you have stood to lose if the Bills won the game? Um, it was obviously busier than a normal Monday night. Um, uh, we had a few tabs over a hundred dollars, so every person did have to individually start their own tab with their own card. So we had it on file. No one was running out the door once the Jets did win. So we did have a couple times over $100. But it was just a great night for Wisconsin drinking beer and hanging out at the bar and cheering the Jets on. So you, do, do you have any idea, I mean, what, what, that, what, what the bar numbers were last night? I do not. That is above my pay grade. Oh, well, come on, Marcel. Who can answer that question? And we don't need the exact numbers. We're just kind of a ballpark, you know? Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I didn't look at anybody's money things or anything last night, so I don't have the answer to that. Okay, all right. So, um, great stuff. And uh, what is Jack's famous for, anyway? Um, famous for good people, good cool bartenders. No, uh, I want to know the food. I, I'm a foodie, Marcel, okay? Okay, I mean, you guys can, you, can, you can drink all you want, but you better give me some food, and I need to know the location. Where are you guys located? Okay. So we're located on East Brady Street in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's yep. on the east side. And um, we are famous for our award-winning wings. We actually also, um, all of our kitchen staff works very hard. We make most of our stuff in-house. We prep. We have prep cooks, everything like that. So it's all made with love. We have some nice, we have a nice burger selection and uh, steak sandwiches that you can pick from and also some great appetizers including like steak fries and... Oh, but Marcel, are they the fresh cut fries or are you guys using the, the, the frozen steak fries? And I'm not going to hate you, you know, if you're using the frozen. you got to tell it like it is though. Um, you know, they just pay me to be out front and be a nice face to the people. 
Oh, now listen. Now, you, by any chance, you don't. You're not a brunette, are you? Are you a brunette? No, I'm a blonde. How do you know? I can tell the blonde because I see. I'm looking at some video, and I and I see uh, one of your coworkers wearing a Rogers number eight jersey, and she looks like she's a brunette. So I knew that wasn't you because your jet, jet skier didn't come in time. Right. Exactly. Okay. So. All right. Well, Marcel, I appreciate you spending time with us today and uh, and, and, and telling us uh, about the promotion. And you guys are doing this every every game, right? Yes. Wow. Wow. Okay. There she is. All right, Marcel. We appreciate the time. Go uh, if you're if you're in Milwaukee, uh, go check out Jack's American Pub. Awesome. Hopefully, we'll see you guys soon. Take care. Bye. Yeah. There we go. We're, we're calling from Las Vegas, Nevada. And you may see us very soon. Awesome. I can't wait. All right. And Marcel, you got to get to Vegas. How many times have you been to Vegas? Uh, Twice, and it's never done me nice. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks. Thanks for spending the time today. We'll talk to you later. Absolutely. You too. All right. There she is. That is uh, Marcella. How about that? No, Numchuck's pointing to the, hey, I think that's her. do Do you want to hear what it sounded like when he went down? Yeah, let's hear it. Well, listen, I think they're cheering the sack. Then. I think they're che- they're cheering the sack. And yeah, because I'm, I think- I'm looking at the video. That that was the sack. And then all of a sudden when you see him, they're going, whoa. Yeah. Uh, pretty ingenious. I wish Scott would have been there because I really want to know what those bar numbers were. Yeah. You know, because, okay, they said 250 people. Because like I said, I used to do a lot of bar business back then. And you do day. 250 and at least 100 bucks a person. There you go. Right. Right. Wow, probably even more than that. I would I would say that they they pulled probably pulled in a minimum of three to four grand last night at the bar. That's what I'm thinking. All right, she got me on the steak fries though. All right, we come back. We continue on here. Matt Holt is uh, going to join us today. Chris Bazio uh, here from Asia Wilson. We got playoffs on our mind with the Aces uh, starting tomorrow, and again, plenty of terrible Tuesday takes. Back to more nonstop sports talk with the Dr. T.C. Martin. All right, don't forget to join us on Fridays at the Westgate of Las Vegas inside the world-famous Superbook. Again, there last night watching Monday Night Football. Great atmosphere, great food, great drinks, everything right there. And, of course, everything on the, the big screens there inside the sportsbook. And, of course, come see the show live 2 to 4 p.m. each in every Friday. And, of course, our Best Bet segment taking precedence as well. All right, continuing on here on this Terrible Tuesday edition. And let's uh, talk to our good friend from U.S. Integrity, Matthew Holt. What is going on, Matt? TC, my man. How's things going? Woo! Well, it was... Uh, it was very scary for me last night, Matt, because I had the Buffalo Bills, so I wasn't real happy with that. Uh, Josh Allen being my quarterback, as you know, that I picked in the first round uh, with four turnovers, so I thought I was doomed. However, luckily, I was uh, playing an also-ran in our fantasy league, uh, one of the bottom dwellers, and I got the victory despite Josh Allen getting me minus one. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Minus one from your first round pick in a win. 
Uh, yeah, amazing. Hey, and he was only better than my opponent, who had Lamar Jackson, who I think had a minus two. Sweet. You know what's amazing is prior to the season, TC, everyone had said, "Look, the NFC's wide open. This is the this is the side of the bracket here, who where we don't know what's going to happen. We don't have those dominant teams." And everyone talked about the AFC being a three horse race with Cincinnati, Kansas City, and Buffalo. All three of those teams went 0-3 to start their season. And on the NFC side, the prohibitive favorites, Philly, San Fran, Dallas, 3-0. and Yep, very good. Very good point. All right, uh, give me some thoughts on what you saw last night. Obviously, the Aaron Rodgers injury was, you know, uh, took, uh, you know, took the focus off of uh, a little bit of the game last night. And then you bring Zach Wilson in. And I think a lot of people who had Buffalo, like myself, were feeling pretty good about it at, at that time. But, hey, uh, the hype with the Jets and the defensive side of the ball, I mean, really showed out. And we've seen this Jets defense play Buffalo tough. You know, Even last year, uh, Buffalo had, what, 17 and 20 points in the two games against the Jets uh, last year. And even though the Jets really didn't do much offensively, uh, their defense and special teams rose to the occasion, and the Jets got out of there with a win. Yeah, you know, it, it was sad for me to see it, and I'm not an Aaron Rodgers fan, and I've, I've never been a fan. Just from the actual standpoint of I work in sports and sports betting, and I know that sports is the ultimate reality TV show, the world's greatest customer engagement tool, and the ultimate unifier. So I always want to see the biggest stars, the best stories coming to light, portraying themselves in real time for the studio audience. And Aaron Rodgers, like him or not, is an amazing story that draws people in. And unfortunately for the rest of the season now, we won't have that same draw. Um, and the New York Jets, despite the win last night, just became a lot less interesting. Yeah, they did. Now, I don't know who's less interesting, Matt. Is it the Jets or is it the Giants who got drill pressed 40 to nothing on that same field in that same stadium the night before to the Dallas Cowboys? I mean, downright embarrassment for opening night on your home field to score zero unacceptable, especially against a division opponent who you've played pretty well against in the past. I mean, for the Giants to, to show what they did, which was absolutely nothing, uh, downright horrific. Yeah, and I think it's going to be a matter of what happens with these teams moving forward, because neither one of them now has the star power to attract fans on their own. The good news this week is we sort of get to have a comparison. So this week, the Giants get a much easier matchup against the Arizona Cardinals, where they'll be heavily favored and expected to get the W. And it's the Jets that have to play the Dallas Cowboys this week. So can Dallas whip both the New York teams? I could tell you that if the Jets look the same as the Giants, neither one of them is going to be too compelling in the Big Apple. Matt Holt joins us, U.S. Integrity. Matt, let me ask you, we'll start with the the impressive side, all right? Which team impressed you the most in Week 1? Well, I think you have to say the Cowboys, because I feel like they had the most people on the hot seat. Dak was on the hot seat. You had a coach on the hot seat. Could that receiving core uh, get the job, job done? Could the running back core, you know, no Zeke Elliott for the first time in several years, was Tony Pollard going to be able to be your number one back? How would this defense respond? They had a lot of injuries last year, but the year before, that defense was amazing. Would they be able to bounce back? 
And obviously, they answered every single question. And I think on the other side, when we look at, you know, maybe teams that were games that were played in AFC stadiums, the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, that game was essentially a pick 'em, TC. It was never in doubt. There couldn't have been a more overrated quarterback in the NFL coming into this season than Kenny Pickett. And the San Francisco 49ers just reminded us all that despite the injuries, despite everything they seemingly deal with each and every game, each and every season, they have the best game planning coach in the NFL. And at the end of the day, they're going to be a major factor for whoever's trying to win the NFC. And also, it points to the fact that here we go again, and this is you know underlined or circled in this game specifically, that the preseason means absolutely nothing. The Niners looked awful in preseason. Uh, we saw them firsthand here playing the Raiders, and then Pittsburgh actually played pretty darn well, and there was a lot of hype. Hey, look how good Pickett was in the preseason. Throw that out the window, Matt. Preseason means absolutely nothing, and it seems like that that you see a little of that carry over from the preseason to week number one, especially from a line perspective. Yeah, we sure did. And a lot of offenses, people said we're going to struggle mightily. New England Patriots, Mac Jones threw for over 300 yards. I thought that was really encouraging. On the other side, Joe Burrow might have had the worst quarterback performance of the week, and, and everyone has massive expectations after he signed his new contract. So, I I think a lot of the things we thought about week one weren't necessarily true. You know, hey, let's fade these tanking teams like the Arizona Diamondbacks. Well, I know the the Survivor contestants barely squeaked out, uh, probably lost 10 pounds due to sweat, but the point spread better certainly didn't get there. All of these teams that were supposed to just get run over, the Indianapolis Colts and their rookie quarterback, Anthony Richardson, who threw for a touchdown and ran for a touchdown, I thought the young guys looked good. I thought they played hard. I thought their teams looked more formidable than people expected. And I thought some of these big favorites, they showed that there is just so much parity in the NFL. The hard salary cap really does make these games so tight. And we saw it with Kansas City. Two-star players down, lost outright. We saw it with Cincinnati. Joe Burrow didn't get to practice all preseason. They were terrible. So, I mean, all of this stuff, the NFL has tons of parity, and as soon as you think you know, you don't know. No, you're right. And the two biggest lines last week, and they weren't gigantic lines, but they were kind of big for week number ones, where was the Baltimore Ravens um, over Houston, and then, like you mentioned, you know, Washington against Arizona. And, you know, everyone, including myself, was saying, you know, Arizona and, and Houston are, are awful when you're dealing with new coaching staffs and quarterbacks and all of that, but... Each one of those, you know, teams hung for a while. Now Baltimore actually they they, they put them away. So really, Baltimore really is the only one that kind of played according to form. But yeah, I mean Washington. Let's don't let's don't get hyped on these guys because they struggled mightily against Arizona. And let's look at the favorites and let's just use the contest lines. You know, some local contest lines of teams that were six point favorites or higher. Minnesota Vikings minus six and a half lost outright. Kansas City Chiefs minus six and a half lost outright. Washington Redskins, minus seven, didn't cover and were losing most of the game. Uh, and and we're, it was 16-10 most of the second half. Washington had to score that touchdown in the fourth quarter to go on and win that game, but not cover 20-16. to 16. Uh, I mean, just It was a dog day, and I think it's a reminder of the parity uh, that exists within the NFL. 
Uh, one team that uh, you know, I kind of had a feeling wasn't going to show up, and uh, they didn't, and that was the Chicago Bears. And again, I know that that line was virtually a pick 'em, and you know there was the unknown with Jordan Love, but the Packers, just from a talent perspective and a in a system perspective, just head and shoulders above the Bears. And again, Justin Fields again. Uh, I know it's only one week, but I didn't see much growth from him, Matt, from year one to year two. No, absolutely not. You're right, TC, and. And I think that they were probably the most overrated team from a betting perspective, you know, sort of the sleeper darling team coming into the season because Justin Fields accredited himself very nicely under a lot of pressure, but they gutted that defense last year. They got rid of all the pieces that matter. They basically declared to the world that they were rebuilding from scratch, and those things don't happen overnight. They did get Justin Fields a couple of weapons, but there looked like there was no continuity. And we've seen this, TC, time and time again in the NFL, where a new quarterback comes into the league, they don't have a lot of tape on him, and he's able to use athleticism, escapability, and unpredictability to have a good stretch of games. Because I didn't think Justin Fields had an amazing season last year. I thought he had a, a really fun stretch of games. And then the excitement and the forward momentum gets going, and everybody expect has unrealistic expectations. But now there's plenty of tape on Justin Fields. And let's face it, the Green Bay Packers aren't one of the favorites in the NFC, and they completely shut Justin Fields and that Bears offense down. Let's bring it back here to the Raiders, uh, Matt, and the Broncos. It, kind of an ugly game. There wasn't a whole bunch of offense, and uh, a missed extra point cost the Broncos the game. The Raiders win 17-16. to uh, Garoppolo, I guess good, not great. Uh, Russell Wilson, better than what we saw last year. Give me your quick take on that game. You know what? Look, the Raiders hung. They did what they had to do. They're dealing with a lot of new pieces. What I thought was interesting is for the first half, Russell Wilson actually looked like Russell Wilson. Threw a couple touchdowns, was moving the ball. I was like, wow, maybe Sean Payton is the difference. Maybe we are going to get some semblance of the old Russ. And then the second half came along, and he fumbled once, got away with it, luckily. You know, and it was just dink and dunk and no passion and no fire. And it looks like the same old Broncos, and that's bad news for Denver fans in a division that's stocked and loaded. You got it, Matt Holt joins us. All right, Matt, let's uh, take a look ahead here. We got a pretty intriguing game here on Thursday Night Football. We don't get many of those, uh, but the NFL does kind of skew it for the first couple weeks. Then we get into the, you know, the, the goofy stuff. But we got the Vikings and the Eagles, and you mentioned the Vikings were a six and a half point favorite over Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, at home in Minnesota, could not get the job done. And the Eagles, uh, they got the cover, but uh, they they had to battle the New England Patriots. Even though the Eagles jumped out to a, a 16-0 lead in that game, they had to hang on for dear life. And uh, we got the Eagles a seven-point choice on Thursday night against the Vikings. How do you see it? You know, the stats said that the Eagles actually lost the game against New England. New England ended up having so many passing yards, a lot of those because they were they were down the entire game. Uh, but that pick six by the Patriots was the difference. Other than that pick six by, by Mac Jones, I thought New England looked like the better football team on the field for most of that game. On the other side, I don't know what to make of this Minnesota Vikings team. Their defense is missing a lot of pieces, and their offense – now that backfield doesn't look like they can run the football at all, and we know any team you make one-dimensional in the NFL is going to struggle. So this is a tricky game for me. I do believe that the Eagles are favored for a reason, 
But the Eagles' offense wasn't exactly electric in Game 1. If you put a gun to my head right now, I would take the seven points with the Minnesota Vikings. All right. Now, here's a game that I think will draw a lot of attention here, uh, just because, you know, fans, you know, uh, and betters too. It's like, hey, you know, as I call it the Janet Jackson theory, what have you done for me lately? The Green Bay Packers are in a similar situation to what they were last week, and they're going to go to Atlanta, and they're only a two-point favorite in this game. Now, granted, Atlanta, you know, won their opener 24-10, to 10, but when you look at the at the roster and you look everything from top to bottom, they're not an impressive team at all here. Uh, I got to believe that Green Bay is going to get a lot of love at the window this weekend. I love the Atlanta Falcons this year. I love what they're trying to do with a young team, dedicating and committing to running the football, dedicating and committing to stopping the run on the other side. And we saw them do that in week one, albeit it was the Carolina Panthers were the opponent. You know, Desmond Ritter came out and did what he was supposed to do. Don't turn the football over. And to me, a game like this, TC, is going to come down to the turnovers. If Atlanta does what Atlanta is trying to do on the football field, which is play really good defense, run the ball, shorten the game by having longer possessions with the clock running, then I think the Falcons have a very good chance and are a very live underdog here. If the rookie Desmond Ritter turns the football over, to your point, they're out-talented, and they don't have the firepower or the style to come from behind. I like these type of games for in-play reasons. If the Falcons get out to an early lead, I actually like them in play to hold on to that lead because they run the football and they they make you throw into a zone defense and, and things that you like from a team that's ahead. If they fall behind, though, I don't like them getting out of their comfort zone and having to throw the football, and I could see Green Bay actually extending the lead. I think it's worth watching very closely where this game sits around midway through the second quarter. Yeah, you know, Ritter was efficient. I mean, 15 for 18, Matt. But again, everything was just, you know, dink and dunk and throwing passes in the backfield. He only had 115 yards. When's the last time you saw someone go 15 for 18 and only have a buck 15 and he had the one touchdown? But what was alarming for me in that game, and again, I didn't watch that game, but just you know, with those two teams, I mean, the the Falcons were two for 10 in third downs. And to me, that's, you know, that that is my my stat that I've always pointed out. And it's, it's a great game of what your offense uh, can do or or not do. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I, I think they're the benefactors of playing a pathetic, maybe maybe the worst team in football in the Carolina Panthers right now uh, as well. So, I, yeah, I'm probably going to be involved in that game, and I'm probably going to be involved in the Green Bay Packers because, again, not that I'm, I'm crazy about Jordan Love, but here's a guy that it has, you know, like Aaron Rodgers, sat behind Brett Favre, um, you know, that Jordan Love just got a chance to just sit and grow and mature. And again, as long as he just doesn't lose games, the Packers have a great running game. They got a pretty darn good defense. Uh, the, watch out for the Packers this year because that could be their mode of operation, you know, much different than it's been in years past where you have a quarterback that's, you know, you know, 300, 350, 400 yards a game. The Packers may be winning in a different style this year. I agree. I think both of these teams want to play to the same the same way. Run the football, play good defense. I don't want to get too excited though about Green Bay's win last week because it was against the Chicago Bears and what 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 might be the worst defense in the NFC. They will face a much 
stiffer test this week, and we always know the second of a back-to-back on the road is tricky. So second straight game on the road for Green Bay, this time in a very humid and warm weather conditions in Atlanta against a much stiffer defensive test than they faced last week. Oh, buyer beware. All right, real quick, Matt, let's close with this from a business side, uh, and which I know that you follow very closely. The UFC, uh, WWE under the same banner now, right? Endeavor, you know, bought the WWE tape, was the, the, uh, the big ceremony. And, uh, what do you think is going to happen here? We're going to see any differences in these companies? I am as proud of our partnership with Endeavor in the UFC as any of the partnerships we have, and we work with just about every major professional and collegiate sports league. Those guys really get that this is not sports isn't just about the end result of you know a final score on the field. It's about entertaining fans, and they understand that as well as anybody, and they try and they fix things and they change things, and they constantly try to make the fan experience better. Kudos to the UFC. Congratulations on an amazing deal. There it is. All right, my man. We appreciate the time as always. And I know you're traveling around a lot and you're busy, but uh, we definitely want to keep uh, getting you on as often as we can here on the show and talking football. TC, I've been going east so much. I don't know what it's like to go west, but I'm headed <laughs> to the beach, my friend. Going Take to the care. beach. Look at that. That's my guy. He's going to the beach here in the middle of September. My guy. Enjoy, brother. Thanks, CC. Take care. There he is. That's my guy, Matthew Holt. Uh, again, longtime friend, supporter of this show and myself. And uh, I'm so proud of him for what he's done with his business, getting out of the sports book business, and then now creating his U.S. integrity company that represents and partners with every collegiate conference just about in every professional sports league as well, too. He's doing so well and great to continue to have uh, him and that knowledge on the show. One hour down, one to go. Oh, yeah. How we feeling? We riding high today? It's a terrible Tuesday, so hang tight with that because, oh, yeah, we've got some familiar stars of our terrible Tuesday that we are going to focus in on. Guess who's back on a terrible Tuesday? Hmm. And on the positive side, the Aces, Asia Wilson. You hear from her as we continue on this Tuesday edition of the T.C. Martin Show. Thank you.